miracle to message. There, where you are viewing, would you turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 3 with me? And as you are turning to Acts chapter 3, I want to pray again for God to particularly guide our exposition of this passage. Christ-exalting Holy Spirit, descend upon our hearts to soften them, open them up to your truth, detach our hearts from our wristwatches, show us your great and tender love and concern for the hurting God, the lost, and equally show us the message that you've defined in your word that should regularly spill out of each of us who know you. And we ask this for the glory of the Lord. Amen. We're going to look at the first 13 verses of Acts chapter 3, but in a whirlwind review, let me remind us what we have seen in the Acts account prior to chapter 3, verse 1. We have seen the risen Christ has gone back to heaven. The empowering Holy Spirit has come down to earth to live inside permanently every blood-bought, born-again, converted Christian since the day of Pentecost forward till today. We have seen something called the church being born in Acts chapter 2. And we have seen that at the time of that birth, instantly, some believers spoke known languages that were previously totally unknown to them. Yet they could speak those languages fluently. We have seen that Peter preached a Christ-saturated sermon, a powerful sermon, which called the hearers to repentance and to faith in this Savior. We have seen it reported in the verses that about 3,000 new converts to Christ responded to this amazing Christ-saturated message that Peter preached, and they requested water baptism. And we've challenged the viewers and uh, members, regular attenders, visitors to our church that are not water baptized since conversion to request that ordinance. We'd love to find a way to help you to obey the Lord in this matter. We've also seen previous to 3 verse 1 that the baby church got its priorities from God and it got them right. Doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread, we call it the Lord's Supper, and prayers. We've seen prior to chapter 3, the church gathered openly in the temple complex, and the church gathered secretly, privately, in homes. And we've seen that the church, at this point in the book of Acts, at least, had not yet faced any persecution. These are the things the book of Acts has told us happened before our verses for consideration this morning. And so let us look at verses 1 to 3 of Acts 3 together. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Verse 3, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. I'll stop there. We aren't told by the text whether this lame man did or didn't know about Jesus at this point, did or didn't know about Jesus' new church. We are not told. But we are told that he was asking for charitable cash donations every day. And this particular day, he asked the apostles Peter and John for charitable cash donations at the ninth hour. We would say three in the afternoon. We might say rush hour at the Jewish temple. He was in the best spot to beg near one of the gates into the temple. He was there at 
rush hour for worshipers going to worship God in the temple, he had the spot that all the other beggars probably wanted to have. And he banked on good religious prayers being good, generous, religious donors. Now, this lame man must have been really good at sizing up as many people as he could as they approached the temple. He must have been good at that. And this particular day, he noticed Peter and John. And he asked them exactly what he asked everybody else every day. Donation, please. Alms. Verse 3 again. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. That was what he did every day. And he asked the apostles. Now, nothing in these verses says that he knew Peter and John from before, nor does the text say that Peter and John knew him either. But these verses do say something very significant. They say that Peter's eyes and the man's eyes met. Peter's eyes and the lame man's eyes met. They connected. Of course, we know that at this time of COVID, there are many in our city who are reduced to begging for what they need to live. And I know that when my eyes meet their eyes, it's a lot easier for me to give than if my eyes never meet theirs nor theirs meet mine. Verse 4. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. <laughs> look at us. Now, very quickly we find out that Peter wasn't demanding the spotlight for himself or for the apostle John. Peter only wanted that lame man to look at them because Peter was going to show the lame man Jesus. Look at us was not pride. Look at us was proclamation. Look at us was not about getting groupies for themselves. Look at us was about giving a great healing from Christ. A beggar who was professional at sizing up a big crowd was told, look at only two of us in the crowd because we, in turn, will focus you on the most important one you could look at for time or for eternity. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see from verse 6 of this chapter that God's power was clearly attributed to the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Verse 6. I'll read 5 into 6. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Six, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Wow. And Christ's power <laughs> healed the layman. His ligaments, his sinews, his muscles, his bones, whatever needed healing and strengthening. Jesus Christ's name, when called upon, healed it all. And a man who'd never taken one stride after being born from his mother walked. Imagine 
for the first time in his life, he took a step. Christ's power healed the lame man, and the apostles wanted the lame man to know it wasn't their power. It was Jesus Christ's power that healed him. Because Christ's men were faithful in the Holy Spirit's power to witness Jesus Christ to the healed man, God got all the glory. Now, we don't want to miss this, church family. We don't want to miss the fact that the miracle that day gave occasion for the message of that day. Because God did a miracle that day for that man, that gave the apostles the occasion to give the message of God to the lame man and to everybody else who witnessed him walking for the first time ever. Yes, praise God, there was a leaping and a walking lame man, but there also was a man who heard about and experienced the truth, the power to heal of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Now, I want us to see in this true account that Peter wisely used a bridge. And look at the bridge which Peter used to move from miracle to message. That should be our prayerful ambition each day, brothers and sisters, to move from the miracles of our life to the message of Jesus Christ. That should be our desire. And to get from the miracles of our lives to the message of Jesus Christ, we need a bridge. And the apostle Peter needed a bridge that day, and he had a bridge. Look at the bridge that he had, starting at verse 7, reading through verse 13. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Verse 9, and all the people saw him. I guess they did. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I guess they were. Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them, to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us? As though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. And I stop there. Verse 12 clearly gives us the bridge that Peter seized to take the man from the miracle of his healing to the message of salvation being available in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll reread verse 12, stressing part of it. Who look so intently at us, Peter said, as though by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? Here it is. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. Bam! Bam! Peter got to message from miracle. 
we must do the same. We must get from miracle in our lives to the message of the gospel to those who can't deny the miracles that are in our lives. What a beautiful bridge. And the bridge specifically was the undeniable healing power of Jesus Christ to make a man born lame from birth walk and leap and enter the temple. The undeniably evident exhibit A of God's, Jesus Christ as God's power to heal was the bridge that Peter used from the miracle of a, a lame man walking to getting to the message of the gospel for that healed lame man and for everybody who witnessed the miracle. And Peter and John's apparent power to those who were looking with the naked eye without an understanding faith, Peter and John's apparent power was pointed out actually to be Jesus Christ's actual power. We have to do that. When people see power in our redeemed lives, we have to give credit where the credit is due. It's not my power. It's the Lord Jesus Christ's power. That should be the normal way we live our Christian lives. Amen? And Peter, thank the Lord, Peter did not miss connecting these dots for the crowd. So watch this now. Before the healing... Peter had asked the lame man to only momentarily glance at him just long enough for Peter to tell the man to really stare at Christ. And then after the healing miracle, Peter told the crowd to stop staring at he and John in order for the crowd to start really staring at Christ. The miracle necessarily promoted the message. Now, please listen carefully. That day, the bridge for the healed layman and the crowd was the undeniable power which healed a man who could not walk from his birth. What some bridges are for us, I ask. That day, it was the undeniable power of Christ to make a layman walk. What are the bridges that are in our lives? Miracles that are undeniable by those who observe us. What are the bridges from those undeniable miracles to do with us that can bridge us over to the gospel? What are some of these bridges? Well, you ever been told you've totally changed? You're always praying about stuff now. Where does your peace come from? We're in COVID. I haven't seen you lose your temper as you used to do all the time. How is it that you handle stress so much better than me? When did you start going to church? How can you forgive others' wrongs against you so readily? You know, you're not at all negative like you used to be. And you even tell me you're no longer afraid to die. What's going on with you? Miracle, 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 miracle. Message, 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 message. We all must see how with the Holy Spirit's help 
that we can move from the miracles Christ has done for us and is doing for us to the gospel message he wants to be the other side of the power he's done to do the miracle, the message of the gospel. Christ has died for sins and arisen from the dead. All who will turn from sin, self, and Satan in repentance to put faith in the finished work of this Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be redeemed, bought back out of the slave marketplace of sin, set free to do the bidding of the Redeemer, made new from the inside out, spiritually dead become spiritually alive. That's what our lives' messages should issue forth from the miracle of salvation and the miracles that come after salvation. May I just take you back to Acts 1.8? The whole purpose that the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and the church was born was a very unique and uh, focused purpose. Acts 1.8. Jesus, before ascending, said to those waiting for uh, the Spirit of God, but you shall receive power. From whom? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And why will you get the power? And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So this miracle in Acts 3 totally lines up with the miracle of Acts chapter 3, the lame man being healed. Peter, drawing upon the resurrection miracle power of Christ to heal a lame man's inability to walk, He didn't leave him just a healed man able to walk. As great as that was, he told the man about Jesus. He witnessed it to the man about Jesus. And in so witnessing to the man about Jesus, he witnessed to everybody in the temple at 3 o'clock in the afternoon who saw what happened. No miracle in my life should cause me ever to take a bow And no miracle in any of your lives should ever cause you to take a bow as if it had something to do with you. Rather, every miracle in every one of our lives should point, we should use that to point to Christ. Not I, but Christ. That is what the world needs to see starting on your street in Nassau. Your workplace on a family island, your home, not I but Christ. Miracles that are many should see us make a bridge from the miracle to the miracle worker's message, the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel. You know, as great as the miracle was that day by moving a lame man to walking, there is a much, much greater miracle moving from deadness of spirit to abundant life in Christ. That's the bigger miracle by far. And it's happening all around us during COVID in our city. People are bowing the knee to Christ for salvation. They're trusting him to be the remedy for their sins and the hope for their future. And so let us never miss the point that when we are aware of a miracle in our lives and others who know us are aware of those miracles, may we never miss the point that we need to seek a bridge to get from the noticing of the miracles to the accepting and the hearing of the message, the gospel by which we are saved. Because if we take a bow for a miracle as if it had something to do with us, we become derelict in our duty to share the message of the cross and empty tomb. And not only derelict in our duty, but we are passing up a tremendous privilege to help someone 
who's lost in sin to become alive in Christ. Someone who does not know where they're going, and really the scriptures would say without Christ they're not going to heaven. To have the joy of having the privilege of saying this is how the Bible says anyone gets to heaven. And this is why I've totally changed. This is why I pray about all things now. This is why where my peace comes from. This is why I have, don't lose my temper like I used to. This is why I handle stress you say better than you do. This is why I started going to assemble with other believers at church. This is why I can forgive people who wrong me so readily. This is why I'm not negative like I used to be. This is why I'm no longer afraid to die. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attentions, expecting to receive something from them, And then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, bless him, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power of godliness we've made this man walk? the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his son, servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Oh, may the miracles in our lives be translated into the messages of the cross. Amen. Lord, thank you for this account. Thank you. There's a lame man, once lame man in heaven that we'll meet that can tell us more about that day. But thank you for what the scriptures do tell us what happened that day. Lord, we have received the miracle of regeneration, being born again. And that is a miracle atop all miracles. May we give you the credit for it. But Lord, every day there's a miracle taking place in our lives. Answers to prayer, leading, provision, guidance, help, healing. Lord, may we be quick to point out that when someone says that's a miracle, that we tell them who the miracle worker is and how to know him by faith brings eternal life, forgiveness of sins, and courage to go through these difficult days. We ask this in and for the good of God's people and for the glory of God's Son. Amen.